It's episode 1115, and it's a relevant podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, is Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What's happening? Uh, right there down the road, our managing editor, downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. And from LA, he's back. It's Marty. Hey. hey. No. <laughs> no, was no, no. I was like, it was like a stutter, I thought. What? I was trying different ones every episode. Sounds gross. I'm unsettled. <laughs> we have a great show and interview today. Coming up later, we talk to Julie Chen Moonves. For those uh, of you who are Big Brother fans or fans of the talk from the 2010s, uh, you know Julie. She's. Did you know she has been hosting Big Brother since the first episode in July of 2000? Yeah, She's, I do know. Yeah. What's her name? Big. What's the show? Big Brother. I've never seen that show. Big Brother. Yeah. Oh, I think you would love it. Loves it. It's a fun one. I heard it was great. I heard it was great. It's just a bunch of people getting in a house together for like a summer. And doing little like challenges and stuff, but like it's it's like Survivor, it's like Survivor but house. Okay, you know what though? But there's an actual show on Netflix that is literally Survivor combined with Big Brother, and it's called Surviving what? Paradise. And I just I just watched it, and it's literally like these twenty somethings that are plopped mm-hmm. into. There's this luxury villa. Somebody's going to win a couple hundred thousand dollars. And you're voted in and out of the luxury villa, and the people who voted out have to go survive in a like in the jungle. Oh, that's kind of cool. And then and then you get opportunities to get back into the villa, and you have to be part of the villa crew to ultimately win the two hundred thousand. So it's all about alliances and stuff. It's actually a really good show if you watch. It's like really a merging of all these other competition alliance shows that that are out there. It's a great show, Big Brother. All right, so Julie Julie Chin's not the host of that, but uh, she is joining us. Uh, why, why is she joining us other than just being famous? She has a new book that she told about a radical salvation experience she has. She's wow. now a believer, wow. and she's talking cool. about her life transformation, and we want to talk to her about that. So there you go. That's cool. Um, at the end of the show, we have Epic Battle coming up. It's a fall-themed edition, so I want to get to that for sure. We have slices and stuff. But before we get going, Jesse, um, I wanted to ask you, yeah. Following up on last week's show, mm. how did Dana enjoy being the seagull? And well, have you seen videos? And did mm. do you feel she did a good job? Being I, I feel a like seagull? she did a great job. As people know, last week it was a, the elementary school was looking for volunteers to be the seagull mascot for the booster thon. I was asked by the security guard if that I was I was told they have a last minute opening, and. That I could fill that opening, but I told them no because it conflicted with podcast recording time. So I would not, I had to decline being the seagull, but they had an opening. During the podcast recording, I got a text from my wife, Dana, that said, guess what? I'm going to be the seagull. Now, I was outraged by this because I felt like they've... They asked me first and they should have found another time for me. But after the, directly (laughs) after the podcast, I walked over to the school and I was like, "All right, I'm going to support. I'm a, I'm a supportive husband." And she, With I'm going to see her. Yeah, yeah the I'm going to see her. The seagull. are the seagull. I dig yeah. it. I dig yeah. it. So heavy. I rode my. So I. So and I texted you guys some photos and videos after this. But I rode my bike up there, right after the pod, <laughs> and I see her in the Little seagull Jesse costume. Carey rode his bike to the elementary school. I rode my school. bike up there. Yeah, I rode my bike to see the seagull at the <laughs> elementary school. Honestly, it was faster than driving. You got it. You got to park a mile away. And I see her in the middle of the field with surrounded by people 
with the national anthem playing and a large American flag. And she mm-hmm. has her hand over the, her heart, Good. saluting the American flag. I'm not going to lie. It felt kind of weird and irreverent. I'm not like <laughs> big on like, you know, nationalism, but it felt it felt like you probably should. Like, I don't know if I don't know if the seagull should be leading the, the pledge in costume, yeah. but she did. And she did a fine job dancing and getting all the everyone excited. She did a I great smell job. A little hate, I smell a little hater. All right, (laughs) moving the show along. Uh, Stay tuned up next. It's Slices. Listening to Video Age, the song is Just Think. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Slices! What do you have, Jesse? All right. Um, <laughs> this was going around... Um, a lot of people on TikTok were really confused this week. People were sharing that they couldn't find the seahorse emoji in their collection of emojis. Now, how how many of you guys remember ever receiving or sending a, a, an emoji of a seahorse? Uh, I have sent an emoji of a seahorse. Why? What was what, the context? What is the con- Why would oh, you send I used it? to yeah. just like send random emojis that had nothing to do with the tech. I just thought that was funny. Well, well, here here's the thing, Emily, and uh, several tens of thousands of TikTokers, the seahorse emoji has never existed. And mm, it no. is an example of the Mandela effect, because like Emily, mm-hmm. there are thousands and thousands of people who have sworn that they have sent a seagull before. Wait, seagull or seahorse? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Seahorse. And uh, they, 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 they are certain that there was a seahorse, but it has never existed. Now, like I said, this is an example of what they call the Mandela effect, which is a collective memory that a lot of people have of things that Mm -hmm. just don't exist. So a couple other uh, examples are a lot of people swear the Monopoly man has a a monocle. He doesn't and never has. Uh, A lot of people remember Curious George having a tail. Curious George has never had a tail. Oh, Another example is, uh, you you guys remember that uh, when Sinbad was in that Genie movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that Mm -hmm. one. He, wasn't. he was never in a genie movie. Right. He was never in a genie movie. It's a collective mismemory, just like the seahorse emoji. You know what, um, though? You know what I think it's from, though? Okay, let me hear me out. Around the same time that we were enjoying Monopoly, we were enjoying other things, and when they'd make fun of those things, they would have the pieces. So, for instance, right on Ace Ventura, and yep. the guy had the yep. little monocle and he's like, look, it's the Monopoly guy. And then people uh-huh. made that into like a rolling joke. So I almost feel like it was us, our own contributions in the generation making people assume. OK, that, wait, like, I do want to clarify. I don't know. 
the seahorse emoji is only on Slack, which at my old job I did use. So mm. I think that's where I'm thinking of like on iOS, like iPhone, it doesn't have that emoji, which is dumb. It should definitely have a seahorse emoji. Mandela effects always like send me into like a, a spiral or a crisis because it's just like everything. I start questioning everything I've ever thought. Why is it called the Mandela? It has nothing to do with Nelson, right? No, it does. Yeah, it does because yeah, it does. because oh, there was a collective. A lot of people have have a distinct memory of Nelson Mandela dying, mm-hmm. and it was at a time before he uh, he was died. That, yeah, before he died. Like, but I, it was a collective mismemory. Oh, I feel like we all got quiet for a second because we all were looking respectively in our own like Mandela, like what's going on here? Like, is this real? Like we're all like got quiet on the podcast because we're all like researching what you're saying. Researching. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's funny. All right. Uh, Slices, what do you have, Derek? So we all know about global warming, right? We know about, you know, CO2, things like that, that are messy enough to Earth's atmosphere. But here's another thing that we have to be concerned about. It's Salt. Apparently, the earth is becoming more salty and it's messing with our freshwater supply. So mm. the one of the main reasons for the Flint, from what they say, uh, the water turning brown in that area is because of the saltiness. I guess that's what the water filtration mm. plants are supposed to be helping us with is getting sodium out of our water. So the earth is becoming more and more salty and it's starting to affect our uh, our fresh water. So they say that it's, it's, it's not one of those things that's like sexy, like a meteor or you know, global warming. But they say this is a real actual issue. No one's talking about it. And What's the solution? It's, it's is it, does you, what do we do? Cook more steak. <laughs> salt. Sure. I don't, I don't know. It's, I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I, yeah, I don't even know how to fix the saltiness. Is this why people are probably saltier, pettier now? Mm. <laughs> very mm. much. Very much so. But yeah, he doesn't... It, uh, there's no clear... They just said it's just basic human activity. Just so, we're, we're doing so much stuff. Activity, we then sweat saltiness, and then it evaporates into the air, goes into the fresh water. That's it, because there's more people now. I don't know, but apparently there's a salt cycle that none of us knew about. Wow. And our salt cycle has been increased. I mean, someone's going to get rich inventing the thing that fixes it. Jesse, I know I know that it was on the last show. Yeah, they have desalination plants and yeah. desalinators and stuff. Like that. It was on the last show about your common sense party, but low sodium, low sodium water is what you should add to your platform. common sense, man. You know, That's- let's start with the easy stuff. All right. What do you have, Marty? All right. So uh, I got a good one. Uh, Netflix ad supported plan will reward binge watchers with an ad free episode. So if you watch three episodes in a row, they'll give you one free episode with no ads on it just to continue to get you glued to your seat. Um, And uh, yeah, they want to start rewarding people who watch Netflix and binge Netflix to stay there longer in your seat. So that's the goal. Um, The prices are going higher. So we all people are complaining about that. I don't. Here's the thing about the prices going higher for Netflix. If all of us we went to Blockbuster as like, you know, as when you'd rent movies at Blockbuster, sometimes the bill was like 30, 40 dollars. You'd rent like for a video game Mm -hmm. and like two movies. So really, if you think about it, the premium rate is only $22. 
Um, that's like a movie a month, but we're complaining about that, I guess, because two years ago it was $10. But um, right now there's about 15 million people who watch the ad, have the ad account for Netflix and about 5 million who don't. So they're just trying to increase uh, you to sit down in your seat and watch and watch. Uh, what's the new? What's the soccer player one? I, I was just watching oh, that Beckham. one. The, the yeah, I was watching that. So was good. great. So they want me yeah, to stick. Wait, guys, I watched this one. The getting guy one. Yeah, I love that one. I love. I actually really appreciated. Netflix has been coming out with some good stuff. They even added the Spider Verse movie. Yeah. I feel like they've needed yeah. some some heat recently because I feel like HBO Max has been killing it. In my opinion, I got the Barbie movie. They got so much. Good stuff going on. I don't know if Christians are revolting about, about that right now. I don't know what's going on with that. But um, I, I, the Barbie movie was pretty good. Got to say, pretty good. It was. Emily, why did you watch Beckham? Was it, be, be honest, was it because of Posh Spice? Yeah, 100%. Okay. I sat through four episodes of the Beckham documentary. You watched a Posh Spice documentary. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it was sort Emily, of about I, their relationship, too, just in general. But, like, I did... I, I played soccer when I was a kid, so I liked it enough. I will say, if they did less sports stuff and more of their relationship, <laughs> wouldn't, more about Spice wouldn't be upset. Uh, <laughs> but it was good. Everyone should watch I, well, it. Emily, I, I'm going to be totally honest. I didn't expect to, to, to read this slice today. I thought we were going to talk about how Taylor Swift... Uh, sold 15, uh, 1.5 million copies of 1989 Taylor's edition first week and how that is insanely incredible. Yeah, she broke that, that was going to be. She, well, that I mean, like the records were blown crazy. back in 2000. So now yeah. she's blowing record. Like it was a big, I think the last album that did that was 50 Cent the Massacre. And so that was like 2003. And. Taylor's and no one else has ever done that since then. And Taylor Swift is blowing that record and she saved the vinyl industry. I just thought that that was going to be a part of uh, the slices today. But, you know, I got the Netflix ad supported plan. I'll say if it was up to me, every slice would have been about Taylor's 1989 version. (laughs) Every day is staff meeting. We get the the latest Taylor Swift updates. So you're welcome. uh, I got it. I got it. Fully saturated on that information. All right. That'll do it for. Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Julie Chen Moonbest joins us. You're listening to Sifo. The song is Paranoia. Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad-free. You get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives. Our beautifully designed digital issue and a little more. Uh, Check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, our guest today is Julie Chen Moonvez. She's the host of Big Brother and a former co-host of The Talk. Back in 2018, at age 48, she began her relationship with God and since then has been outspoken about her faith, uh, even releasing a memoir recently titled, But First, God. 
She sat down with us to talk about her spiritual transformation and how her life is radically different today. Here's our conversation with Julie Chin Moonves. You just released a memoir about your spiritual journey. So why do you feel like now is the time to talk about it? Well, it's funny because it wasn't my idea to do this at all. Um, The way it came about was that um, I decided during the pandemic when it first started, you know, in 2020, um, because I was about a year plus into my walk with God, that I wanted to read from cover to cover all 66 books in the Bible. And I found that very daunting. So I thought, well, I can listen to it. (laughs) And I couldn't find a version that I found easy to um, digest. And all the versions that I had heard, um, whether they were the King James version or not, it sounded like Shakespeare. So I called Simon & Schuster because in 2018, I wrote a children's book called When I Grow Up, dedicated to my son who was born in 2009. Who knew how long books take to get published? It was written for his age group when we started, and he grew out of it by the time it came out. But so I had uh, contacts at Simon & Schuster, and I emailed my contacts saying that I wanted to offer my services for free where I would read an audio version of the New International Version of the Bible. And I thought, well, then I'll also, like, selfishly, I'll accomplish what I want to accomplish. And they weren't interested in that. But in telling them um, why I wanted to do it, they offered me this opportunity to tell about my personal um, spiritual walk. And I didn't think anybody would be interested. And I was like, really? You think so? They said, yeah, you know, you have a, um, well, everybody has an interesting, you know, Uh, faith walk and whether or not people realize it they're on a faith walk they may not know it they may not acknowledge it so that's how it came about and then um, I went into it a little bit unsure but I came out of it thinking like oh this is just the beginning there's so much more to say this is just where I am right now because I'm probably I'm five years into my uh, my walk with Jesus and I would say so I'm probably like um, an elementary school person you know I started out crawling learning how to walk so I'm probably like I don't know a third grader right now I have so much you know more to go and I was really hoping like the time now it was divine timing because um, coming out of the pandemic it was such a shaky time in um, history for all of us especially as a nation Um, you know it wasn't just COVID but it was you know very a very tense um, election and Black Lives Matter there was so much um, division going on and I thought you know we need to find common ground we need unity we need God. And I want everyone to know that if you feel hopeless, you need not to because God is there. Um, but you got to take the first step towards him, you know, and that's my life first. James four, eight, draw near to God and he will draw nearer to you. So this is the right time because I think, um, the pandemic gave us a lot, gave 
gave us all time to reevaluate our lives, to really look at how we're living, and to see, um, to say to ourselves, you know, is this the way I want to be living? And what is my purpose? So I found, like, this is my purpose. Well, sort of taking it back a step, what led you to your faith in the first place? It was, um, my life was very busy, busy bee, and it looked like, um, looked like a very glamorous life. I had my dream job, a dream husband, uh, a dream kid, and two dream jobs. And I lost my main job. I was forced out from my job at the talk where I was a co-host and the moderator for the last eight years of my life. And it was a fun job. And when I lost that job and I was forced to step down, life as I knew it, it just, it was like a snow globe, but it turned upside down. And that made me go through a ball of um, emotions. You know, there was a lot of anger. There was fear of, you know, what's going to become of me, my future? Um, who am I? Identity crisis, because I was so wrapped in my identity as a broadcaster. So I felt lost. And that is, that was the perfect time. It was the perfect storm to uh, look up instead of keeping my focus around things here on, on the earth and, and, and focusing up at him. But it was really a, an email I got from my aunt, who is a born again Christian. Uh, she and my uncle, uh, my aunt and uncle became born again Christians in the 90s when my uncle survived cancer. Fast forward to 2001, he's a 9-11 survivor who was in the North Tower when it got hit. And um, they're still with us today. And my aunt, and this is my favorite aunt, um, she saw what was happening to me and she sent me an email and she said that her friend from their church in New Jersey, who I'd never met, was praying for me. And God told this friend of hers um, that I needed to learn about the gospel and I needed to be told about Jesus. So this friend said, you know, you need to tell your niece about the gospel. And in this email, my aunt said, you know, if you've noticed, like I've never tried to push my faith on anyone in our very large family. And um, but she was just being a messenger, right? And I had been thinking about going to church for a few months, but because um, that was a tumultuous summer leading up to that September when I was forced out of the talk. And I say, I'm gonna go. That email said, spoke to me and touched my heart. So I dropped, it was a Thursday morning and I dropped my son off <laughs> at school and I went into this church near my house that I had driven past a million times. No one was in there. It was like 8.40 and I don't know how often like church doors are unlocked at 8.40 with no one in there, but it was, some candles were lit and, um, and I went in and I just broke down and got down into a pew and on my knees and I just was sobbing and asking God to um, help me and to show me um, 
why this was happening to me and to show me some light and some love and, and some hope. And that's when I started, really started to um, pay attention to him, <laughs> acknowledge him. Okay, well, now that the story is out there, what do you hope people take away from it? I hope that they are, um, they're not intimidated um, to, there is no right or wrong way to pray. You just got to start doing it. It's just communicating with God. Um, you can do it when you're driving. You do it in your head. You can do it when you have insomnia. You can do it when you wake up in the morning. Um, and when you're talking to yourself and you think, oh yeah, I started talking to myself or I talk to myself all the time, you're not talking to yourself. You're actually talking to God, okay? He's always listening. Um, I want people to know it's never too late, um, that he is our only true source of hope, uh, that if you want to live with hope and positivity, you need to invite God into your life, and you really need to um, spend quiet time with him. You need to sit still. That's when you can hear him and to study his word. Um, and it's a journey that once you get on the track, it, it never ends, it only brings us home. Um, and each day, you know, when you go grow closer to God and feel his presence, you will have more and more peace. Um, that is the constant hum in your life. There will be uh, ups and downs. There, there will still be, you know, stumbling blocks. But when that happens, you're going to have hope. And you, you're going to know that God is going to get you through it. And that you are not alone. And he either allowed it or ordained it. And you have to grow stronger from that. With his help, guiding you, holding your hand. So that's what I want people to take away. It's never too late and have your own personal relationship with him. It's the best relationship you're ever going to have. God can't do everything, and we should be thankful that he can't do everything. He cannot lie. He cannot break a promise. Um, he cannot be untrue. He cannot be unfaithful. So all those things that God cannot do, hallelujah. Thank God he can't. Um, he is so faithful. He'll be your best friend. That was Julie Chen Moonbez. Make sure to check out her new memoir. It's called But First, God. All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's Epic Battle. listening to Future Islands. The song is The Tower. Today's show is brought to you in part by The Chosen. Season four of The Chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on February 1st, 
And this season has everything. Clashing kingdoms, rival rulers, and when they're threatened by the reality of Jesus's growing influence, religious leaders do the unthinkable, choose to ally themselves with the Romans. As the seeds of betrayal are planted in opposition to Jesus's message turns violent, he's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. So get ready, relevant podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com. Okay, it's time for Epic Battle. Uh, If you don't know this game, it is basically our attempt to once and for all solve the internet debates. People are saying who's better, the Kansas City Chiefs or the Philadelphia Eagles, or who's better, Superman or Wonder Woman. All the junk, all all y'all nerds debating stuff all day long. What we're doing is we're settling it once and for all. We're gonna do it in teams. We're going to do it debate style, and we're going to pick a winner and move on. Settle it once and for all. Here we go. So uh, the teams are going to be uh, Jesse and Derek versus Emily and Marty. Uh, I need some team names. Jesse and Derek, what's your team name? Common Sense Party, I think that's Cotton. Obviously. Uh, common, common Sense. sense. Party. Common Sense right there. Ours is What's that on your shirt, Emily? The First Baptist, the colony? (laughs) That's what we're going to be. This is my childhood church. First Baptist colony? First Baptist church colony? The church colony. That's our name (laughs) right now. That's a crazy name for you. The city I grew up in was called the colony. So that's why. But yeah. Okay. We can be FCC the colony. That's a a crazy name. (laughs) Go First Baptist, baby. (laughs) All right. So moving it along. uh, Round one. Uh, common Sense Party, you have the Kansas City Chiefs. First Baptist Church Colony, you have the U.S. House of Representatives. Who would be better? Who would win in an escape room? That's what we're going to figure out right here, right now. Mm. Uh, you're up first, Common Sense Party. Tell us why the Kansas City Chiefs would be better. Is Taylor Swift with the Chiefs She's or not, not part of the Kansas City Chiefs. She's a fan. Kind of. Okay. She's kind of. So, kind So of. Kansas City Chiefs. Common Sense Party, tell us why they'd be better than the U.S. House of Representatives at, at getting out of an escape room. I, I got to be honest. I feel like it's a very low bar because uh, <laughs> getting an escape room, I've never done one. But from my understanding, it's all about teamwork. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. But you could take any any team. You could take a peewee football team. You could take the most dysfunctional <laughs> team, high school team with the most locker room drama. And they would have more camaraderie than than the U.S. House of Representatives. Like that is teamwork versus anti-teamwork. Derek, I feel like this is pretty easy, right? Uh I rest my case. <laughs> All right. Uh, First Baptist Church Colony. Uh, why would the U.S. House of Representatives be better at getting out of a They wouldn't room? be better. Let's just, let's just be honest. They wouldn't be <laughs> better. They would be absolutely. Well, I was, as I Google the House no, of Representatives, like I'm like, this is bad. There's 400 yeah, minds. They, they can't Ivy even League put schools. one piece of legislation through. I mean, you got to understand who my is. God, I'm on an island by myself. Okay. They, they could, they could pull through every now and every if it cut taxes for the rich they could definitely do it I every agree blue with you moon, yes. there's like a bipartisan issue that they can agree on I think they would agree <laughs> on wanting to get out of an escape room yeah there's like 400 minds that are putting together surely one of them works well hopefully um, I just don't think anyone would lead Emily I feel also like unless it 
Did they, Marty? Maybe if I had an NRA tax break, that they would do it. I don't know. The represent. Okay, I will say, escape room is not just about like it is about teamwork, yes, but there is also like a mental aspect to it. You have to be able to like solve riddles and stuff. These people went to Yale and stuff. Yeah, and so that's the issue. There's at least that's the issue. There's at least a few of them that do puzzles. No offense to the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think they're gonna be great at the mind game part of the escape room. <laughs> they, they do strategy for a living. That's what football is yeah. all strategy. I, I think the older football members would be better. Football is literally all strategy. It's the just older strategy. members That's would be better. They can't even put one piece of legislation through. Yeah, so the truth is, some of the older puzzle, like Emily said, the, the people who play puzzles on their free time, they're the ones who we're gonna look to, like an older gray. Mm-hmm. Emily, know. I'm sorry, but as a Swifty, I, I and I don't mean to be that. I don't mean to Wait, to man. Pause. Can we talk about Jesse identifying? as a Swifty, as a Swifty, oh, that's no, the first I'm time saying, I've ever I'm seen as you, know, even... as you being a Swifty oh. and, and watching and that's being invested in the success <laughs> of the was... Kansas City Chiefs. I do take some. Ish- Football is a moving puzzle, and the and the consequences for for solving it incorrectly is physical violence. Like if if, <laughs> if yeah, there's if, someone's gonna die. Probably. Where like if Patrick if if the quarterback is in the pocket and he and he waits too long to make a complex decision. He will get hit by someone that is a very large, angry they, I, person. They have strategy. I'll give them that. But they don't. But like escape room is part strategy. Also, literally just solving riddles. Like you're not you're the, not solving yeah. a riddle on a football field. But, but, they, but the no, Chiefs are going to break through no, the wall. When, 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 they're going to crack when, them. When, they're going to break quarter, stuff in the room. When a, when when a quarterback or Travis Kelsey looks across the line and they have to determine in. Are they disguising drop coverage for a blitz, or is that safety gonna, you know, uh, gonna, gonna, you know, back up the corner, or is it a three, four, four, three? It is. That is a moving puzzle, and. I don't think the U.S. House of Representatives could uh, 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 solve a table puzzle together. The Chiefs are going to be angry. Let us know what you think. Who do you think? Yeah, the Chiefs are going to be angry. They're going to break the candlestick off the wall. They're going to they're going to just make a hole in the wall and walk out. That's what's going to happen. At least our people will, you know, they'll fight about it. But they want to get out. They want to go home to their luxury vehicles and their Teslas and their mansions and stuff. I came into this open-minded. I'm, I'm going to roll really? a verdict here. I, I, neither of you convinced me. But I do think the Kansas the Kansas City Chiefs, I think, would get out more quickly than having 400 largely old white men uh, arguing about. You're going to get George what, Santos to figure this out. You know what I'm saying? Like, look what I'm working with over here. Come on, guys. Yeah. What are we working yeah, with right. here? Next round. Uh, we have we have Ice Spice. And we have San Antonio Spurs rookie Victor Webinyama. Who would win um, in a battle of paintball? Common Sense Party, you have Ice Spice. First Baptist Church Colony, you have San Antonio Spurs, Victor Webinyama. The battle is paintball. First Baptist Church Colony, you're up first. Tell us why Victor would be better than Ice Spice at paintball. I mean, paintball. Well, I'm looking at what, what he looks like right now. I'm pretty he's sure. Foot I mean, six he's a big dude. He looks dude. like Slenderman. He is the yeah, tallest. Yeah. He was Slenderman, yeah. right, uh, for, Halloween. for yeah. Halloween. What do you think, yeah. Emily? You started off. I was going to say, like, he he's definitely got the height advantage. So, like, she can't, like, even if she tries to hide, like, he can just literally look around and he'll see her. Um, and he is genuine, like, his profession is athlete. And, like, you do have to have some athleticism in paintball. So, I feel like he kind of already has... Uh, the upper hand here and it just seems like something and he he also seems like the guy he's not going to lose to Ice Spice like he's going to do everything yeah. he can to yeah. not lose to Ice Spice I, I think that Ice Spice um, I think you know obviously she's super popular and she makes 
music and she's you know whatever but i think that i can just see him like stretching his arm over like where she's hiding and then like shooting her with the paintball yeah um i also feel like ice spice is a little clumsy so i wouldn't be surprised if she trips and just rolls across the ground and he just knocks her with one of those so i just feel like he just you know it's just kind of like mr it's like on fantastic four the guy who stretches who's just no. like shooting from a f- i think that would happen here i think he's he can't hide and he knows that but his strengths are he could he could go farther with his body. I don't know. Common sense party, why would Ice Spice be better? All right, so I have two um, two rebuttals, and then Jesse, you know, feel free to add to this. Yeah. But first of all, Ice Spice is five foot two, maybe five foot six she or so. She can hide in a lot so of she, places. Yeah, so she's a, she can hide in a lot of places. She's smaller. And he's a bigger target. So, yeah, he is taller. He can see over stuff, but... Also, you know, he poke his head out. He just gets shot. So, like, let's just keep it real in that sense. She, bigger target. She's a smaller target. She's faster than him, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know. I don't know this is faster. Well, I mean, his legs well, are longer I, I than she is. Yeah, he can run. He can outrun her for sure. Maybe. maybe but for those of you that don't know, uh, Ice Spice was a star volleyball player. Oh, and, I didn't know. And no. high, yeah, she was a star volleyball player. So she is also an athlete. She's a smaller, more compact athlete, star volleyball player. So Ooh. I'm not saying she's NBA level, but she's very competitive. And I think with Ooh. those two things matched. Uh, and then Victor is, let's keep it real. He's a young man, mm-hmm. he's a pretty woman. I could definitely see him falling for, he's you know He's going to fall saying? in love and get shot. Probably maybe will. not fall in love, but maybe be awestruck if she does that little thing. You know, you know the thing I'm talking about. Where she whips her hair or whatever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that could work in her favor. She got a lot of stuff going for. Her. Listen, she does. I know young men. We're stupid. So you know what I mean? Like it's. it's I didn't it expect this argument. Is. I did not. That uh, is unfortunately yeah. a pretty but, good I argument mean, to star, make. As well. Star you, you athlete, smaller star, high school athlete playing paintball. Victor's the type of athlete who he probably gets shot, but still keeps walking like he didn't get shot, and just to scare Ice Spice, like he's just that you know he just keeps he's getting, so, she's shooting so him. In other words, he's she just loses. walking to kill in her like Slenderman. Yeah, the other thing too, I call this the Mario Kart. It's a Mario Kart principle. If you're playing okay. Mario Kart, you want to be that little mushroom guy, or you want to be Princess Peach because they're the smallest. Right? And they're the hardest to hit with those with those turtle shells. No right. one wants to be Bowser or Wario. You're a big target out there. The Mario Kart principle applies here. You see, there's more Love of him it. to hit. You okay, know? you good, guys. That's I, a good point. I was thinking a professional athlete versus no, no, a singer. I, 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 I you think, convinced me. You convinced me. <laughs> I Spice we will totally win. So they convinced there you me. Go. I'll be honest with you, Cam. Since party. All right, all right. That'll do it for uh, the fall edition of Epic Battle. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Julie Chen Moonves for joining us. Make sure to check out her new memoir. It's called But First God. It's available everywhere. Also, head over to RelevantMagazine.com. Every weekday, we are covering the intersection of faith, culture, and everything in between. Make sure to follow us on all the socials. For an ad-free, unlimited experience, make sure to sign up for Relevant Plus. Uh, Plans start as low as $250 a month. And uh, keep an eye out for some new stuff coming your way. Uh, All right. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Derek Miner. I'm Emily Brown. I'm Marty. There you go. We will see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone.
Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. I'm sorry, but as a Swifty, I, I, and I don't mean to be that. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.